and welcome to Palm Readers, a sleep startle podcast by me, Maya Carlton. And today, there's only one palm reader, but typically we'll be having multiple. And I'm thinking I'm going to film these. Um, Today may not be the best because it's just me, but usually we'll have two people on my couch and hopefully just discussing our weird, wacky stories, whether they be dreams or ghost experiences or anything spiritual in the sense. You know, I'm just interested in learning how people think, how people, you know, how their dreams manifest, um, what their beliefs are, because I have, you know, very conflicting beliefs. Um, uh, since I'm a scientist and I still choose to believe in ghosts, but I don't necessarily believe in an afterlife. So I'm a very conflicting person and I would like to go out and see how other people view the world. That's really interesting to me. Um, maybe in the next few podcasts, I'll make sure that my animals are in a different room so I don't have to deal with them. But I hope you enjoy this. Uh, this is just going to be a quick little episode because I really wanted to introduce the topic. I wanted to let people understand that I've been listening to the short stories, that this isn't necessarily that. Those are fiction, things that I enjoy writing. While this is going to be real life, it's going to be discussions with other people that are my friends, my family, um, yeah, all of that. So I'm hoping that these end up being 30 minutes to an hour standard long-form conversations. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I hope to have my boyfriend on and then a few of my close friends soon. My dog has a necklace in her mouth. Um, And hopefully I'll also edit these at some point. Today is just going to be a mishmash. I really just wanted to put this out there and that there's a lot more to come. I'll get a better setup when two people are sitting here, I think it's going to look a lot more full and nice. Uh, if you're just an audio listener, you're not going to be seeing us, obviously, but you could always switch to YouTube and watch our beautiful faces. I got somewhat dressed up today. Uh, I'm planning on going out and printing flyers for the podcast because <laughs> I think that it's hard to market digitally. I feel like I'm annoying people a lot of the times. I hate being an annoyance. So I'd rather anonymously drop flyers at people's doors or leave them in the elevator. And I think a lot of people, especially college students, and I live in a college town, uh, listen to podcasts. So if I can get my podcast out there, maybe more people will listen to it. I think it's really interesting. It's quick. It's fun to listen to. And so I hope you guys think the same. I hope we get a bigger community going and then I can have more of you submit things. You know, I'd love to do a segment where I read submitted stories, ghost stories, dreams. I'm so into that. I'd love to get my audience engaged other than just having my own friends on and guests and those kinds of things because I'd really like this to be a community and I'd like us all to experience this together. I love learning more about people's beliefs in astrology and numerology. I mean, I'm completely ignorant to those topics. I mean, not astrology fully because obviously I know what astrology is. I know my astrological sign. I know the basic traits. But I mean, I don't know like 
what it means when Mercury's in retrograde. I mean, I get it for the most part because people talk so much about it. But, you know, I don't know the, the, the background of those things. And I'd love to be able to understand those better and hear those from other people. So maybe I'll start a subreddit and people can uh, submit things to that and things that I'd love to educate myself on. You know, I think a lot of this is just going to be conversations. Uh, it's not going to have a theme for every episode. I think we'll discuss a lot of different things and I'll let my guests really talk more than me because while I have a lot of stories, I don't want to ever repeat myself. So it's important to me that my guests can talk for themselves and then maybe you'll hear a story from me here and there. Um, I do have a lot. If you want to hear one right now, I had a terrible, terrible sleep hallucination last night. If you do listen to my stories, you'll know that I have one um, called Nightcrawlers that is based on my sleep hallucinations that I get, and they're awful, and I haven't had one for quite a long time, but last night's really scared me. I typically don't see people. I almost always see um, spiders and bugs uh, random things, but usually never people, and I have heard horror stories of people seeing people, and it's obviously scarier because that means that you think there's someone in your house, and for me, I saw a very, very scary-looking homeless man on my ceiling last night, and obviously that's silly, and people can't crawl on ceilings unless it's in a horror movie, um... But it was extremely terrifying. It only lasted for a second. Like, it was very quick. I saw it. I had to refrain so hard from screaming because I was so in <laughs> in shock and fear. And luckily, within, like, one second, it was back to being my fan and I was fully awake. But my heart did not stop pounding for at least five minutes afterwards because... Man, it just really got to me, that anxiety of another person being in your room with you, especially someone that you think is going to hurt you. I think a lot of it is I live on a street, and so I constantly hear people walking by my house. I mean, it's a highly trafficked street, and, you know, I have a lock on my back door, and I live on the second floor, which is a lot nicer than living on the first floor. I don't know if I could do that. Um... So I'm pretty confident that no one would be able to get onto my balcony, not saying that they couldn't, because they definitely could. Please don't look me up. Please don't try and break into my house. But, um, you know, my window does go out to my balcony, so it it's pretty scary to think that someone could so easily break into my house and be in my bedroom in the middle of the night with me. So I think that's where that fear comes from and why I experience at least that time, that kind of sleep hallucination, because it's something that's really been bothering me. Lately, every time I get in the shower, my dog starts going berserk, so it's very like, okay, well, like, is someone trying to break into my house? Like, I'm naked, I'm in the shower, like, this is awful, you know, do I put a towel on? Do I just lock, close and lock the door? I mean, sometimes she'll just bark for ridiculous reasons, so I typically always go and check, and then I have to bring her in the bathroom with me, because she just doesn't chill out when she starts barking. She gets very out of control. But it's really scary to live alone. Now I live alone. I don't live with my boyfriend anymore. And it's definitely a learning curve to be like, I'm fully alone. There's no one here to help me. Um, you know, I have to really think about what would happen if someone off the street tried to break into my house and what I would do. And, you know, if they had a weapon, like, because... I mean, you call the cops and you hide, 
but it's like I have two animals and one of them's gonna bark and I obviously want them with me. I'm very afraid that, you know, someone would break into my house and then hurt one of my animals, but they'd easily be able to find you even if you're hiding with an animal that's gonna be barking. So, you know, that's a, that's a scary thought for me. It's something I've been thinking about more often now that I'm fully alone. I also know that my porch is full of just junk, random junk, so it would be kind of hard for them. I would definitely hear them coming if they had to jump over my porch, and I think having a dog scares a lot of people off. It makes me more confident when I have to walk her at night, because um, our area is also trafficked highly by homeless people, and not only just homeless people, but they are homeless people with um, mental disorders, and you can tell that because there's a guy that uh, frequently walks down the street around 3 a.m. just yelling profanities, and I think that you would probably have a, you know, maybe schizophrenia if you're doing that, or definitely paranoia. So, you know, you never know what people are going to do, and you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and you want to obviously help those kinds of people, but you have to be wary of yourself and your own surroundings at that point. So I've been a lot more wary of my own surroundings and what it means to be by myself and protect myself and my house and my animals. So that's been on my mind. Uh, that's not very paranormal. That's like real life shit. But, you know, that's what we're doing here. It's just talking. We're here to just talk about my life and my friends' lives and what makes us scared and what is weird in the world and that's what i'm really here for luckily in this house like i don't feel any paranormal activity that's something about me that i'm sure will come out over subsequent podcasts is that i feel very connected to uh, a paranormal world i i don't want to i get very choosy in what i say because it's like don't necessarily, like I said, believe in an afterlife. Maybe I believe in energies, and I believe that energies can be imprinted on places, and that a leftover energy is going to cause certain people to feel that energy. I feel like I have a very big connection with that. I typically can sense, at least I think, when there's a paranormal energy or a bad energy, those kinds of things definitely hit me. And so I'm very sensitive to that. This house is very clean of any kind of spiritual energies. There's definitely no one that's died here. <laughs> or at least I so think, you know, you never know, they could come for me now. But in our old apartment, my boyfriend and I both felt like there was a spiritual energy and we felt very strongly that we knew what it was. It was most likely a demon, a little girl, who disguised himself as a little girl. I don't know if you're up to date, but demons like to mimic things that you would think are harmless, like a child. So they typically take on that form. So that's why I think a lot of people associate like demonic children or children see demons or, you know, maybe that's just folklore. Maybe it's not that that's true, but it's because so much in our media were shown that children are more sensitive to the paranormal, so then we think that demons take on a child's form. But that's just me speculating. I also like to believe that demons take on child's forms and that children are more sensitive to a spiritual world, and animals are as well. And then, you know, as you grow up, maybe you lose that connection or maybe you gain that connection. 
And I think for me, I've continued to keep the connection that I have to the spiritual world. And honestly, now that you know, I'm older and obviously I have my degree in neuroscience and I think a lot about how the brain works and functions and why we see these kinds of things. You know, I wish I could explain my sleep hallucinations. I wish I understood exactly what's causing it. I mean, I can speculate that it's certain oscillations that are not stopping as I wake from REM sleep and that I'm continuing to have those oscillations. But obviously, I'm not totally confident in that. I'm gonna get up and touch my computer. I'm not exactly sure what would happen if my computer uh, shut, went to sleep, if this would all keep recording or not. So, sorry about that brief intermission. I'm not planning on editing this, but I will edit ones in the future. Like I said, this is just a throwing ourselves out there podcast. Maybe I'll let it go to 30 minutes. I think that would be a good length of time for the first one. Um, but now I lost my train of thought, obviously, so I'm sorry about that. If you were really vested in whatever topic- oh yeah, I was talking about sleep hallucinations and how I think it's oscillations from REM sleep not stopping as I wake up and that's why I experience them. But, you know, I think a lot about um, mediums and how people claim to be mediums and how, specifically because I used to watch the show Long Island Medium with Teresa Caputo, um, even though I think she was ousted a few years back, her show's still on. So, I don't know if people decided she wasn't real or whatever. I think a lot of people can easily read into people and they can say what you want to hear. And I'm sure there's a lot of mediums out there that aren't legit. But she said that she first discovered that she was a medium from her dreams and that she would see certain things in her dreams and certain images. And then when she started feeding into that, that's when um, she felt like they were messages from the other side. And then now she sees them as messages from the other side. And I think a lot like maybe she also has sleep hallucinations and maybe it's just her brain manifesting things. And instead of anxiety dreams, she's having pleasant ones, you know, where she'll wake up and see a dove and then she has a symbol for that and she thinks it's someone from the other side reaching out. And that's great. I mean, I've thought about that on occasion. I mean, since mine are all anxiety dreams, I typically think that they're demonic presences trying to mess with me. But, you know, I do contemplate those sorts of things. And while I don't necessarily believe them 100%. I think it's fun to feed into, and that's like the main thing with me, and I'm sorry if it'll infuriate you as a listener, is that I fully am fine with flip-flopping back and forth with my beliefs. I don't hold any of my beliefs as a true solid fact. Um, I like to explore all options, and I like to explore what's fun. I think that believing in ghosts is fun, and I think believing in fairies is fun, and magic is fun, and those are all things that I choose to believe in, and that I want to believe in, and I don't believe in a god, uh, although if you have some sort of proof for me, I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to hear about how spirituality affects your life, because those kinds of things are interesting to me. Um, I have a lot of beliefs on religion and how it's bad, but there's also people that practice their religion and it's fine and it's good and it helps you guide a betterly moral life and that's awesome for you. 
you know, I think that I hate when really diehard religious people say you have no morals because you're not religious. I think that's super damaging. Um, and that's when I kind of draw the line and I'm like, well, you know, that's not the best thing to say to people. You know, you should be able to embrace everyone's beliefs, whether it's in religion or not, because those things are constantly changing. Um, and I think it's silly that we don't take everything with a grain of salt and that some people are like, no, this book that was written however many years ago is diehard fact and you can't say anything different. It's like, no, well, you should take an Eastern religions class. Open your mind to it, you know? I don't see why people aren't more open and why religion is such a hard-packed truth and we can't just understand how other people are coping with death. I mean, that's really what it is. It's there to help you cope with life and death and how you make your decisions in how you go about your everyday life and, and being a good person because sometimes it's hard to be a good person and you need some governing force to tell you to be a good person and that it's okay to make mistakes and that you can be absolved of them and that you can go on and be a good person. And I mean, that's Catholicism right there where, you know, they go and they repent their sins in the box. What is that box called? I don't know. Someone in the comments can tell me. I've been to church once in my life. I'm not a church person. I did go to a Catholic uh, preschool at one point, but that was for a little bit. My parents are not religious, and so I was raised very agnostic, and I consider myself an atheist, but like I said, I don't know what's out there. I mean, I believe in science and evolution, and if you don't believe in evolution, then I don't know what to tell you. You probably shouldn't listen to this podcast, um, because that's stupid. You can believe in God and that something started the evolutionary force, but and that's fine with me if you say that God put the planets here, but then the planets took off on their own. I, you know, that that's fine. You know, evolution happened, and I probably believe in aliens. So you know, if you want to say that God also started that, you know, if an omnipresent force put everything in motion, that's fine. But don't say that he put humans on the earth, because that's not true. And also, when people say that animals don't have a soul, my whole thing in neuroscience is I like to investigate how we don't treat animals as we should, because it's easy to be like, oh, well, humans are the only conscious being. Humans are the all-powerful, and they are so much more intelligent than other animals and we are so much more conscious and we have such better memories and everything about humans is just the greatest and while sure we're probably more advanced and i'm we definitely have better memories um there's animals out there that we're just not testing properly we're not we're putting it in human standards instead of what is actually ecologically valid to that animal and i think that's super damaging to the scientific literature because we're so egotistical in that humans are the best but we're not and we should be able to accept that animals have their own good traits and that you know they are most likely sentient i i hate when people say that humans are the only sentient being and maybe they'll throw in chimps and dolphins it's like, if chimps and dolphins are sentient, then I'm sure plenty of other animals are as well. I think that consciousness and is a scale, 
and it depends on how big your brain is and it depends on how many neurons you have and the kind of neocortex and connections that you make humans are unique i think also higher order primates have neocortex which is a lot what a lot of people like to call the social cortex um it's what allows us to form social hierarchies and have social groups and i think that there's many animals that have those kinds of contexts and just because language i mean i think a lot of people associate language with consciousness and sure that's all well and great that we have language and we're able to communicate well with each other and we have this insanely crazy ability to say anything and have people understand i think that's super cool and humans are very unique in that manner obviously um you can come in with the gorillas can do um sign language argument but if you really look into that it was very random it didn't really learn sign language that well you can teach a dog how to do symbols um you can teach a lot of animals how to use symbols to communicate and you know rudimentary forms of communication but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are fully on the level as humans and you know with gorillas they weren't able to communicate as well as the media so thought it was kind of random and while it worked sometimes it definitely did not work all the time but we have to use different kinds of techniques to really get at their inner thoughts they're never going to be able to communicate with language no matter how hard we try we have to break it down into what they typically communicate with not with a human form of communication i mean plenty of animals communicate with each other and just because it's not language or so we like to call it you know it doesn't mean it's not valid so there's plenty of forms of non-verbal gestures that chimps and other apes do or dogs and i mean songbirds are incredibly complex and so are whales in the songs that they create there's um a, f a breed of whales i can't remember what species it is uh but they change their song depending on which part of the sea they're in because they're habitually learning based on their environment and they'll bring that song back to their environment so you know it has to do a lot with complexity and the complexity of their own language i think that is a language i think to say that it's not is uh once again humans trying to harbor something for ourselves and say that we are the only people that can do this one specific thing and you know to me that's just probably not true and we need to get over that as scientists and we need to be able to say look we all have our uniqueness and we all have things that make us special but we need to also investigate animals without this bias and that was a really long tangent into neuroscience and animals um which i wasn't planning on doing but it's pretty interesting and i'd love to talk more about neuroscience and what i believe and i wanted to be an animal cognizist for a long time growing up and now i somewhat do it i mean i like to understand the the brain states of animals but i also do care a lot about a clinical human population and so that's why i'm currently doing stuff with retinal prosthetics which i also love and i could do whole podcasts devoted to neuroscience and to what i do and to um, broadening the public's view of science because i think that science is a an elitist club 
that not a lot of people get into and that's a problem and we shouldn't be elitist and we shouldn't be a club and it should be a lot more accessible to the general population and that's why we have so much misinformation spread is because scientists won't break themselves down and be like you know this is what it is and this is at your level about what you care about you know in your just normal job whether it's retail or if you're an investment banker or any job in the spectrum that's not a scientist that's not in the scientific community where you're not constantly reading papers and you're not constantly um, going out and looking for more details into things you know we need to break down these concepts to be like this is why it's important in your life and i think that's a big problem with um climate change and why people don't want to really you know scientists have said for many many years climate change is a thing um but just now people are realizing oh this is how it's going to impact my daily life and so that's really important to be like here's the concept and here's how it's going to impact you and i think that a lot of people don't learn enough about neuroscience in just general classes you can learn about psychology and you can learn about all the dead white guys i mean i have my associate's degree in psychology and abnormal psychology specifically so you know i i know a lot about freudism and behaviorism and all those kinds of things that i just don't think are as beneficial as learning about the brain because while you can learn biology and they make you learn so much human biology they barely teach you about the brain i mean hardly anyone knows how a neuron really functions <laughs> and i think that's so crazy because everything is controlled by the brain every disorder of the body has a correlate in the brain and it is so important to teach people how it functions and why these things are happening and that it's okay to have disorders of the brain because i don't understand why mental health is so stigmatized still it's because people still think it's just like oh, you'll snap out of it. It's just a brain state because they don't actually understand how complex the brain is and how every disorder is biological and how it, it affects the, at a neuronal level and at a circuit level and and then behaviorally because we only see the behavior and then we don't have an understanding of how the brain actually functions and why these people are having disorders of the brain because we only see the behavior and we think oh well you know why aren't you just better fix your behavior and then your brain will follow but that's not how it works your brain controls your behavior and you know that's what's important is the brain so i think everyone should learn it and i have to fix the computer again I'm sorry about that. I should plug it in and then that wouldn't happen. But I think it's really important to educate the public on why our brains do what they do. And there's not enough people out there that are just like, this is the biology of it. Because it's easy to talk about the behavior. It's easy to talk about um, psychologically what's going wrong, clinical psychology. You know, it's easy to target it from that. It's hard to break down neuroscience. It's hard to take this really core, hard science and be like, this is how the public is going to understand it. Because there's a lot of concepts and I have a really big problem with talking at too high of a level. And I want to improve that and I want to get better, maybe through this podcast, of being able to talk to the general public about what I do and why it's important and where I want to go in the future 
and how science will impact you as a person, as an everyday individual, how neuroscience impacts your everyday life, and how you can be introspective, and how your own introspectiveness works. Because every single thought you have, every single motion you make, every single word you speak is out of your brain, and it's neurons, and it's they're just firing and there's so many misconceptions about neuroscience and people just let them fester i mean there's doctors i watched a doctor on tv say oh yeah you only use 10 percent of your brain that's a load of garbage you know what would happen if you only use 10 percent of your brain you would die you would die in an instant because your brain is constantly functioning to keep you alive your brain controls your body sure maybe you only use 10% of your conscious brain, but that's so debatable as to what your conscious brain is. There's so much happening at every single level of your brain constantly that it's impossible for you to think that you only use 10%. Your sensory organs are extensions of your brain. You're constantly seeing, you're smelling, you're tasting, you're feeling. This is all your brain. Touching your hands together is your brain. Opening your eyes, hearing my voice is your brain. Your ears are your brain, your eyes are your brain, your nose is your brain. They're just cognitive extensions of that big pink mass in your head. So I think people need to be a lot more conscious of what exactly the brain is and how it functions and how it's it's integral. It's integral in everything. And I'm, I'm sure when I say that, you're like, well, yeah, of course. But it's like you don't realize on an everyday basis how important it really is and how we should destigmatize mental health because of it, how we can look at other kinds of disorders because of it, and how we can understand, you know, standard everyday topics because of it. P politics, climate change, all these things can be looked at from a psychological, neurological perspective where we can break down, like, why certain stigmas are still alive, um, how that tracks back through the brain, why people are emotionally motivated, the problems with that. These are all really interesting topics that people don't talk about enough because the general public isn't informed enough on how it actually happens in the brain. And I just think it's so fascinating and I'd love to start a conversation with everyone on why this actually happens and I want to know my friend's takes, and I want to be able to explain these topics to you. So I hope that you have enjoyed this introductory podcast. I think it went in a lot of different directions, but it was also very fun to record. I didn't think that I could talk for 30 minutes on my own, but apparently I can. So I hope you'll tune in for more. I hope you listened to this point. If you did, please subscribe to the Sleep Startle podcast. Um, these palm reader podcasts will go up every Sunday. Uh, there will be video versions for them now, so you can enjoy that. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Oh, and also, the Sleep Startle podcast will not stop. The stories will keep continuing. I do plan on continuing to do fiction stories, um, but these will also be in conjunction with that. And I'm going to really enjoy talking to you guys and hopefully getting you guys involved in science and my everyday life. So thank you.